1: Yeah, he worked his whole life in the hills, way below the roads and rivers, where that black diamond lives, black on black, dust on dust, that keeps filling up his lungs.
0: Welcome to The Marinade, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 142, and our guest is Philip Bowen. Philip is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from West Virginia, whose debut record, Old Kanawa* was released on August 18th, 2023. Philip's story is remarkable. He's a viral sensation with over a million followers on TikTok, a contestant on America's Got Talent, where his cover of System of a Down's Chop Suey earned the respect of the judges and an ovation from the crowd. And in fact, next week, Philip will be competing in the America's Got Talent semifinals, Y'all, if there is a theme to this episode, it is the power of perseverance and commitment to art. Everyone, it is my great honor to bring you my conversation with Philip. While the rich keep getting richer, and there's a vampire in Appalachia, we're running out of blood.
1: What's up man how's it going now good it's thanks how are you man i'm good i'm uh it's been a been a busy uh busy couple of months here but doing well doing well no, you don't say you know just a little bit but that's uh that's what we live for you know
0: <laughs> buddy we want i want to talk about it. i first just want to say thank you so much for doing this i'm really excited to talk to you i think sure. this is one of the more unique um, marinade conversations i was thinking about it as i was doing the research and preparing like it's I've been fortunate six years now of episodes um, started back in 2017 and I've been fortunate to have people who like, whose music has meant a lot to me, you know, so my, my, and one of my very first, my very first episode was BJ Barn from American Aquarium. So like, you know, hero, right. Just like somebody that I would, if, when I was dreaming this whole thing up, if you tell, told me I could have him on there, uh, I'd be stoked. And so I've had these people on the show who like, whose music I've listened to for a long time or um, who i got into through old the, the old days of buying cds even and uh, i think you're the first person who the algorithm was like you should listen to this shit and uh and then i went oh yeah i should listen to that and so oh, i think you're the cool. first person to kind of bring it to me in this in sort of like the first TikTok or or you know reels <laughs> or whatever world right and so i'm yeah. man, i'm just really excited because uh as soon as rachel reached out to me i was like oh yeah let's yeah the, I mean, the the universe brought you into my life and I'm glad it did.
1: Dude, that's very kind and I really appreciate it. that's honestly that's been like the story of my life with all this you know that's kind of how I grew it anyway because I started you know coming back around to music right before COVID started I tried to I, I'm gonna try this one more time mm. and see if I can get music to stick and then you know I had a few like little coffee shop gigs and stuff like that set up here in the Detroit area and. uh they all got canceled because COVID started. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll try to start figuring out how to keep this promise to myself and do it online. And it changed my whole life. You know I mean? I would have never dreamed that it's cooking like it's cooking now, but it's, um, it's just been a crazy kind of a weird journey to get to where it's going now. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it for sure. Well,
0: man, can you take us to that moment? Cause one of the things we like to explore on the show is, mm-hmm. is that, you know, making that decision to, to, to take another leap. And when you were on, uh, America's got talent, you had, you have such a short window on a show like that to kind of make a point. Yeah. And one of the points that you chose to make was I want to show you're talking about your kids. I want to show them it's never too late to chase down a dream. Can you talk about that moment, uh, you know, where you said, all right, I, I, I got these coffee shop gigs booked. I'm going to give this one last shot. <laughs> like what kind of like gave you that I'm going to go for this again. And then, And then after that, sort of like how you dealt with, oh, wait, I can't do this right now (laughs) in this way, at least. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I've been music's been part of my
1: life, my whole life. I grew up in Appalachia. It's a big part of our culture. So I've been playing the fiddle my whole life and then got into guitar and songwriting in college. And like a lot of people, I did the college band thing had uh two different bands one was called yesterday's tomorrow <laughs> that was a good one and uh it was like you know anyways uh it was a oasis
0: cover band that sounds like yeah, you were yeah yeah everything.
1: yeah a lot of a lot of early 2000s like uh amberlynn covers and stuff like that and then <laughs> um then my other band was called five mile drive and it was like eight people just a jam band you know down at the beach you know um anyways and so like then i had some friends that had done the whole, you know, they graduated about a year before me and were doing the whole, I'm selling everything, moving to Nashville, here we go. And it just like, wasn't going well for them. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was scared to death of, you know, starving artists, yes. But also I was really worried that it would make me hate music and lose my love for music. Uh... And so I was really nervous about that. And so, you know, whatever I go out there, I go to grad school, get my MBA in marketing, which ended up helping me in a long run, did the whole corporate world thing. And so in maybe August of 2019, a friend invited me to a music conference in Nashville. So I went and I got so inspired the whole time I was there. I was like, man, like I should be up there and not down here. Why did I ever quit? I was fired up. I was like, and so I have, the card is still on my desk and going into 2020, I made a commitment to do something music related every single day, even if it Mm -hmm. was something small. So the, the card says create every day, even if it's small, and watch what happens and so i can honestly tell you that even with covid shutting stuff down i did that every day in 2020 and if you go look at these old videos of mine on youtube and social media like i'm in a spare bedroom with no equipment like i had a um an old lamp covered with a bed sheet to give me some lighting and my iphone headphones were my microphone and so i literally just built it one listener at a time one person at a time and uh you know, I had a few moments where I started getting some big wins, but that was it. I just started grinding, doing these live shows, two, three hours, a show, three, four nights a week, man, every single week, thousands man. of hours of shows.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously you've put in so much, very clearly you put in so much work and continue to put in so much work. I, I'm okay. So this is a you know Charles Wesley Godwin is on your new record That's and yeah. um yeah so he he was a guest on on the marinade on on my show and before i interviewed him before i even booked him <laughs> the songwriter Justin Wells was on okay. my show and okay. i was i was talking to Justin and he's like, you know, who sh- you should get on the show is Charles Wesley And I was like, well, we've actually talked about it. We've tried to make it happen. There was one time I was trying to catch up with Charles at the Orlando International Airport. Like he was willing to like meet me at the terminal if I could somehow get out. It was just he would he would do it, too. He's so OK. Nice. He would do well, it. too. OK, so you just illustrated the point that I'm that I'm trying to make, which is Justin said to me, he goes, he's like, when you interview him, try to find that darkness, man, because he just seems like he's nothing but light. and. <laughs> And and so I tried and I failed and I, you feel the same way. Like you oh, project man. so much positivity and so much light. Uh, I'm interested in where that comes from. And like, you know, cause because what you just outlined is someone who, who believed in themselves, mm-hmm. who decided to go, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm going to put in the work, even though I've only got this little microphone, I've only got this bed sheet. You know, and and this you know lighting that I've rigged up on my own. Where does that sort of belief and positivity come from? Because you just exude it.
1: Oh, well, that's that's so kind. Thank you. And I I think that a lot of that drive comes from my upbringing. And you know, like like I said, I grew up in the southern part of West Virginia. So I grew up in a in a in a city and a county that was very rich culturally, but very poor in every other way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with just good, you know, good people that just have that drive about them. And, uh, you know, my parents were hardworking people, like they grew up dirt poor, and they made these great careers for themselves. And so I, I think a lot of that drive I have from my upbringing in my, in my family, my mom's side of the family is all like Lebanese immigrants, literally came over to Ellis Island with nothing. So I've got that in my in my blood for sure. And I think the joy just emanates from wanting to get that out of life and 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 uh, seeing other people exude that you know also Mm. you know my faith my faith is very important to me i think that helps me a lot in like some darker times but also just you know beyond that like music brings me a lot of joy and so i spent Mm. so much time wishing i was doing what i'm doing um that you know i I was i did a show recently in washington dc and i stayed behind as i always try to do and like meet people and sign stuff and everything and this guy was like oh man like you're still here and i was like man I, I'm, I spent so many years with nobody caring about anything that I did music wise. So the fact that like one person wants to use their hard earned money to come and see me or take a picture, like I, I will never take that for granted. I appreciate that so much. And so I think that's where a lot of that maybe joy and drive comes from is like, you know, you dream that it's possible and then you start to see it come true a little bit and you just try to soak
0: up every moment of that while it's around, you know? That's incredible. I, and I, and a lot of it makes it, it all makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, especially that appreciate. So a couple of things that really stand out to me there. One is, you know, your like your mother's family that has to have such a huge impact like that. Yeah. That's just kind of a part of who you are and what you saw growing up too. Right. Yep. And like, um, when you see that and when you're, when you are exposed to it, especially growing up, it is it it becomes something that just becomes ingrained in you, and that immigrant story and that resilience of immigrants in America uh, mm-hmm. is so inspiring and 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 such a gift, even though it can be very difficult as well at times. But such a such a gift. What was your childhood like? Was there, you know, I mean, I, I would like you to tell the story about watching Sesame Street and, and getting inspired yeah. to pick up the violin, but like also. I'm curious how, like what sounds were going on around you and sort of what was the, the sort of, um, what did show business kind of look like and what did music look like as you were growing up?
1: Ooh, yeah. That's such a good question. Yeah. So I definitely, I was first inspired by the fiddle or the violin. My my older sister, Laura is a wonderful piano player. She plays classical piano style. And so she was already learning the piano and my mother was like, really, I think you should learn an instrument or at least try. And music, like I said, music is such a big part of culture in West Virginia and Appalachia. So any family gathering, any dinner, any party, people just bring instruments. It's just part of it. You know, you just sit down oh, yeah. and play and, you know, this tune. Well, let me play it for you. You Play it back to me, you know, blah, blah. So, you know, I was I was very comfortable with that being around me. And so I saw this guy at Stock playing the violin on Sesame Street. And as only a toddler can or a four or five year old can. I just became obsessed. I got to learn. I got to learn. So got these lessons and my first fiddle teacher was an oboe player at a small mm. college in West Virginia. And then, mm. um, you know, in our house was a very wide range of music. You know, my dad loved old country loves bluegrass gospel. So obviously that is a big part of my life, but then my mom liked, you know, Arabic music and show tunes and the BGs and stuff like that rod stewart albums and all these you know delilah in the car at night you know listen to that old radio show with the love songs so uh-huh. i had this big kind of melting pot of music as well in my life which i think helped my ear and stuff be comfortable with these different styles and just try to learn to appreciate just good music what makes music music you know yeah. and uh so a bit of everything i guess is the answer
0: Man, I forgot about that the show. I I just went to uh, I just covered AVL Fest in Asheville. I got back last okay. night late, and yeah. there's a there's a radio station in Asheville 105.5, point five. I'm pretty sure it is. That's yeah. um like it's I think it's it's just called the the Outlaw or something like that. Okay, but it's all, it's almost exclusively. 80s and 90s country music, oh yeah, which is the shit I grew up on, right? Like that's oh, yeah. the stuff that you know I had my first heartbreaks too, and all of that kind For of. Sure. That's the music that I really <laughs> sunk into, and I think I was this as I was listening to it. So I listened to that station, and then as I was headed back, I listened to your record several times. Oh, and thank you. there's like, well, and it's wonderful, and there's so much of that. It made sense to me, you know. Does that does that make you see what yeah, I'm saying? Like when I was yeah. listening to that radio station, and then I listened to your record. I'm not saying that it is directly rooted in that because it's not it's not directly rooted in just 80s and 90s country but it made so much sense to leave Asheville get out of range of that and of course like a you know a preacher came on the on the eventually yeah, I, eventually I sure. ran into a preacher right <laughs> and then I ran for into sure. then I ran into the wildest thing dude I, I ran into a guy describing in detail how to survive a mall mass shooting that's like, so random too. Yeah. Now like, like very specific late night radio. Yeah. Here's what you know. This was at 10 o'clock in the morning, buddy. <laughs> oh. In North mind, Carolina. <laughs> um, but it just made so much sense that I was like uh that I that I listened to that station for four days and then I put in your record.
1: Yeah. I you know, I definitely can see can see those. I, I love good storytelling, is my favorite thing in the world with music, mm. which is why like I still love like James Taylor is such a G I love James Taylor. I love the way he tells stories, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, like Randy Newman, like yeah. he says, such simple storytelling. So underrated. Songs. Randy Newman so, is underrated. so underrated. I listen to him and cry all the time. And yeah. so I think when you were saying the thing about finding the darkness, I'm somebody who, you know, maybe I don't always like live in that space, but the, the way that I'm comfortable living in that space is through music. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, sometimes when I play live shows, I'll do like this song Vampire and Appalachia and A Murder back to back because they're like my two most depressing dark songs. And then I'm almost like, all right, well, that's like the dark part of the show. We, I just got to get through these two. Yeah. But like I have to be in that space typically musically to tell those kind of stories because I don't naturally live there all the time. Like when I'm blue, I'm really blue, but mm. I don't, you know, most of the time my grandma used to teach me that I was a tease me that I was a glass three quarters full kid you Know, yeah, um, so that's when I'm empty, I'm real empty, but like that's just kind of I don't know. Music helps me deal with that kind of stuff.
0: Well, man, those I okay, so that's that makes a lot of sense that those two are two of my favorites. Like the Vampire and Apple is probably my favorite, uh, of your songs, and I and, and I think I gravitate toward music for the same thing. I remember, you know, going back to college too, like when. I would spend. I was going through those exploratory times as a as a kid in college, mm-hmm. you know, meeting people from all over the the country that were bringing different influences that they grew up on. I'm mostly growing up on bluegrass, and um, I'm originally from Kentucky, so mostly bluegrass and like country music um, that my father, you know, was listening to. But music wasn't huge in my house. I just knew it was huge to me, and it tapped into. I knew there was something melancholy about me. I knew there was something sad. I knew there yeah. was something that. I needed an outlet for and for so long it just came out in anger it just came out in flashes of anger and then when music came into my life it it started to come out in a much more beautiful way and i think that's why that particular song i i that resonates with me because like it's interesting man because So much of the song of of the record is just like you really tapping into the beauty of life, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's so much love to the record and, and that's kind of what I I expected having watched your videos and and gotten to know you, your online presence, but like that record is really just hitting a very serious, very um, uh, important moment and ongoing problem. Can you talk about that particular song and sort Mm -hmm. of like, your how it came together and your decision to, to include it in this collection.
1: Yeah. Um, So I wrote Vampire and Appalachia and a Murder as companion songs to each other. Okay. And I was very worried that I wouldn't finish Murder because I didn't have it finished. I literally finished it the night before the last session to finish this album. And I was like, okay. oh, I feel this like this is good. So we can come back to that. But like Vampire... Was the thing that started it all, and I I wrote that after a particularly dark season because I had had a, a personal relationship with somebody, and I had just been to a funeral, and this is uh, a big open wound in Appalachia, man. Like like this opioid epidemic is terrible. It is it is the worst. You cannot find a family or a friend. That is the true statement. I don't know any that doesn't have a family member or a very close friend that has either died or like had their life completely changed by this situation. And then we also have this major extraction economy situation happening there because for so many years and I have nothing against people that work in the coal mines. I have family that do currently, Uh, but these companies would come in and just destroy it, rip up the land, take all the resources and run. And the money would go with them. And so maybe, maybe you might make, you know, 80 grand and drive a nice pickup truck out of high school, but then the company leaves, they close the mine and all the long money is gone. As as we say, all the long money's gone. So it's quick money and then long money leaves. And so it's like these two forces combined and the imagery that just popped in my head on a a long drive home, a late night, eight hour drive. And it was this imagery of a vampire, like just, and I was listening, I just listened Mm -hmm. to the song, a funeral by Phoebe uh, Bridgers. Mm, which is mm-hmm. just a soul sucking oh. gut wrench it's awesome it's stunning, such a
0: good song stunning song
1: but man i was crying in my car listening to that and i just turned off all the music i'm sitting i'm like dealing with this situation and and uh, that was the imagery that that visceral like there's you know it's running out of blood and like people mm. you know sometimes find it easy to poke fun of this region of the country but they don't understand it and they think they know and they th- come at it from this high and mighty perspective, but these are still people, man. These are yeah. still people that are living their real lives and they're good caring people. And these are these, like I said, the best way I can describe it is it's this big open wound in the, in the area and people are just trying their best. And so I wanted to write this song as, as like a lament to the region, because I felt like it's easy for people to, to kick it when it's down. But this is from the perspective of somebody whose whole life and family is there as like a lament for these problems. Yeah. I feel like that was too long of a rambling answer, but that nah. is, man, I could go on, and on. It's just like so important to me. And I wanted to get it right because I was very nervous to play that song in front of people at home because I didn't want them to take it the right way, the wrong way. And the first time I ever played that for an audience was when I got invited to do mountain stage, um, on NPR. And, um, i told my parents i was gonna do it and they're like okay okay you know it's gonna be great (laughs) i think you know and yeah and man before i even finished the song people were standing up and like they just it i was so thankful because they they, it hit the right way and it makes me emotional talking about because i was like man like thank you like they it just it is that's it for me you know and so the the companion song is is from the perspective of somebody Going through active addiction is what that song is about. So it's like the one, two, they're meant to be together. And I usually play them in that order vampire first and murder second.
0: Let's unpack that a little bit, man. And I, you apologize for the lam- rambling answer, but I'm so grateful for it. Please, uh, please note that's how we do things over here. <laughs> it's like, I, oh, I'm, good. Okay, I'm good, gonna, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's perfect, dude. I mean, so because, okay. So what you just said, so much of the creative work I do is wrapped up in commenting on the places that I grew up and I think many of us who do this are working through our both the trauma that we experienced personally the uh trauma that other people are experiencing the the way that our families and friends have reacted to uh political forces um mm-hmm. outside forces things that may be out of their control that they are that it feels like sometimes they're enabling I just said something I haven't released this yet Folks, by the time you listen to this, it will have been released. I just talked to Willie Carlisle um, at AVL when I was up at AVL Fest yeah, a couple I days love ago. It. I love his songs, man. He's so good, dude. Have you seen him live? No, I haven't. But okay. I
1: messaged him after the this. I don't want to digress, but like yeah. the first time I heard Toss Last Musician, uh-huh. the Last Magician, yeah, yeah, I, I made me cry, and I I messaged him right away, and I was like this will this is unbelievable man anyways yeah. he's so good love it he's song. so
0: good there wasn't a dry eye he did a steve goodman song and uh there wasn't a dry eye after that and like my friend came up to me and like was crying and i was crying and then, yeah. and then these other these two, two people like that i didn't know were crying and they were talking about how they were <laughs> crying and everyone was yeah, crying sure. Um, but I said something, I made a, I I was just asking a question. I was just posing a question, a hypothetical and because we were talking about the same kind of thing that you, that you just discussed and wrote this beautiful song, these song, beautiful songs about. And I, you know, as I was processing that and thinking about it, how do you, can you talk a little bit more about navigating how, because I'm, I'm anxious about how people are going to perceive what I said. I'm still going to release it. I stand behind the question that I asked and the way I said it, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous about mm-hmm. it, and I'm ner- And when I play like my song "My Town," which which is a song about the place I grew up, and the first line is "God, I hate this town." Mm-hmm. Um, like when I think about these things and playing them for other people whose whose lives I'm singing about, or I'm writing about, or I'm discussing. Yeah. Sure. Can you discuss like how you know when you go up to the mountain stage, this huge stage, right? This this like internationally known place, this place mm-hmm. you probably dreamt about playing. Yeah. Yeah, can you talk about like how you navigated those waters and how you continue to navigate them
1: yeah well i mean i really wrestled with it and i think that's when you know you have something special though i will say because when you get out of that kind of safety zone of like okay cool man i could sing about how wonderful it is to have kids and how time flies so fast that's sad in a different way but it's still warm and fuzzy this is something that is like you know it's very raw and real and so the reason that it's so nerve wracking is because you have that caring. Of, it's not that um. it's not that I care in the same way. what some random person from, you know, whatever Montana, that might hear it, think about it. It's because it like, I'm singing about a part of myself really. And so, you know, it means so mm. much to me that that uh, West Virginia and the region is represented well as an artist being from there. And that's so important to me. And so, it, I needed it to come from the right place. And I remember like even up until the when I did it, I did my sound check for I was so nervous about singing the song. I didn't sing it in sound check even with the house band. We did like the oh, wow. first 30 or 90 seconds of it. I was like, all right, I think that's good. You, you guys like you're feeling that. I'm feeling it. And they're like, Oh, this is so this is this is wild, man. This is really this is intense. And I was like, Yeah, I know. And and I think we'll we'll really hit it. But I um walking out on the stage and I was, I just didn't want to ruin the moment either because like I did dream about doing that. It was sold out. I had a lot Ah. of family and friends in the audience and, and it was my next to last tune I did. And um, man, I, I didn't want to look at anybody. And then, but like, there's something, there's gotta be a science to this. I don't know what it is, but when you're doing music in front of that many people, there is Mm. something where you can, you can physically feel when you have the audience with you. It's like Mm. absolutely I know it I've got them like they are with me on this ride and I felt it like I said before I even got to the first hook and it was like oh man it gave me so much life and I was like oh man I just wanted to sing it again and again and again and and uh you know and so I I think that process it's kind of like going on a a high dive for the first time getting there is the scariest part where you're okay you're climbing up 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 up, and you're on the edge and you're like oh my gosh you're thinking about all the maybe 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 that'll happen then you do it and you land in the water and you're safe and you're swimming and it's okay. I think that the anticipation is almost worse mm. for me than the act of doing it is kind of how it felt to me, like a had almost, you know.
0: Do you have anything that any any practices that you have to to deal with that anticipation? Is there anything you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I'm uh before I do any show, like I especially in that situation, the practices I do is I'm a huge fan. I take, I try to take a long walk always before I have a performance and just, I don't, I don't listen to anything. I just like maybe talk to myself. It's a speak out loud, whatever, meditate a little bit. And I have this one particular family picture of my family. I look at, I rest in that for a second and I take a breath and I do. And then usually for me, once I play the first note, it's like I blink and it's over. Like once I start playing, Mm -hmm. I'm super comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it's like the mental preparation before, You know, so I like to, as best I can, I like to have my day a certain way. I want to start the day with physical exercise and walk or whatever. I want to have time to breathe and eat a couple hours before, but not really much sooner. And then I just, I just, you know, you know, but that is my, those are my practices. That meditative part of just walking and talking to myself really helps me a lot just to get there.
0: I knew I, I figured there would be something like that. I, I watched this wonderful interview. I actually just signed up for Twitch uh, as I was watching this Twitch interview nice, with you on nice. a, a Rolling Stone. So, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so that was a really good interview. That and and one one of the things you mentioned is is that you are a process driven person. That process Very is much. important to you. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit, especially because I'm thinking about when you're coming home from this really heavy moment, and Vampire uh-huh. in Appalachia is like that imagery is coming to you. Um, yes what does what does what do you do then are you is it going into your phone are you somebody who is going to remember it what do you do when that idea comes
1: yeah voice memo is first you know i have i have at least three or four songs on this album that started off on drives like in a voice memo at a gas pump or in the car or something wow so voice memo first and then um i like to try watts in my mind to like start getting lyrics, and the way I write lyrics typically is I'll think of a hook or a general idea, and I will sing gibberish around the idea, mm-hmm. and I. I but I, I mean, I know what I kind of want to say, but I'm like thinking, no, oh, oh, that fit, that might fit, might fit. And then once I have like that, it starts to really seems to fall in place a little more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so with songwriting, I definitely do that, and with the other part of life, with um, you know, the the big C word and and digital is content. And So when you're thinking of a sizable audience and this almost like a need to have at least some kind of consistent flow of content. Like I'm, I'm, if I don't have a process, I'm dying. So, mm. you know, with, with that kind of stuff for me, I'll pick one or two nights a week where I block off an hour or two. I just make a butt ton of videos. I change my hat, change the shirt, change the lights. looks like a different time of day, different, whatever. And then I, and then I have another day where I cut it up really quickly and, or, you know, I'll have somebody, thankfully I'm blessed to have somebody to help me with that now. But that was not always the case. Yeah. And so like, you know, so like almost every day of the week, okay, you know, and then all right, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, I'm going live. If I'm not touring, I'm going live for a couple of hours. I'm finding a new audience. I'm meeting new people that way, driving them towards my music, however I can. And so that that um, process is helps me not to feel frazzled as much. Mm-hmm. So when I step outside of that, I'm trying to do every single thing on the fly is when I start to feel the most anxiety about all of it.
0: Yeah. Well, man, I think that's such a great, so there's both the romanticism of the creative process that you just outlined you at a gas pump, you know, into your phone kind yeah. of thing, yeah. while also demystifying a bit of it because it is a lot of doing the work and being regimented and scheduled and saying, I've yes. got these things I have to get done. So it's like, I really appreciate you saying all of that because it's both, right? For you to be able to make as much as you make, um, in terms of the online content, a whole fucking record, like all of this for you to be able to do all the things. Right. It's it's both. You have to have your antenna up going, I'm I'm gonna make sure I'm open to these ideas, but also you have to be regimented about your scheduling.
1: Yes. And I process. I think that is so important to understand as an indie artist. And I by no means have made it or have it figured out, but but you know, somebody told me very early on that there's no substitute for the work, and that is so true. Mm. Because, like, I've had plenty of times where it was like a, a cold winter and I, a day, and I didn't feel like doing a stream, and I was tired because I have a newborn upstairs, and blah 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 blah. I'm like, you know what? I said I would do a show tonight. I'm doing a show, mm. and some of those moments have been so special because, like, I'll have somebody. I've had these like random like angel listeners come in here's 200 bucks I love what you're doing here's 100 bucks or just wow. even like I needed that tonight or then months later I'll get invited to go do a gig like oh yeah I actually worked for Rolling Stone and I was there and that's how that came to be it's just wow. I just was doing a stream and there was no hardly anybody in there and the right person was there and oh you make original music blah 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 and so you never yeah. know like you do every show like it's the that the like it's the best show and uh at least try um yeah. but man it's like that's why I I try not to ever use the L word like luck, because I feel like, you know, I'm fortunate in a lot of ways where some things have happened, how they've happened, but it's also like a product of, you know, not being not willing to fully, fully lay on the mat till it gets to 10. Like I've almost quit several times and December being the most recent time, I was ready to hang it up. I just was feeling terrible. And, uh, I just felt like too big of a mountain to climb. You know, I felt like I was going to get as far as I was going to get. And I had, and I had recorded the album and I was like, you know what, man? I just, it's too much. And I was still doing everything myself. And anyways, I had like a good talk with my wife. She's like, you need to get some help, like assistance with all this stuff. You can't just keep doing it all and take a break and, you know, whatever. And so then like all this stuff that's happened this year in 2023 was not on my radar at all in December. Mountain stage, Rolling Stone, America's Got Talent. Spring game at WVU, blah blah blah, all these different things. None of it was on my radar, and I almost hung it up. And then I had a mopey weekend, and I still had the fire. And I said, okay. And then I got called for mountain stage like the next day, December twenty seventh. They called me to do it, and I was like, all right, let's go. And I felt like a new man.
0: <laughs> wow, dude, thank you for sharing that. I the yeah. again, I mean, to to go back to BJ Barham, who I mentioned at the top, that the, the to to quote him, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right, that's hundred percent it. I mean you've been putting in the work but also that's so interesting because i think all of us what what i mean by that i mean that moment the moment that you had in december mm-hmm. is really interesting because i think so many of us and have and we have been here where you're making stuff and you're making stuff and you're making stuff and 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 you're 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 like i don't mind doing the work in fact i love doing the work but there comes a point, we all have a point where we're, we're overloaded, right? And it looks different. Yes. Like for you, you, there's all this stuff happening at once and and you're exploding in so many ways that right. had to feel overwhelming. And I think for some people listening, you might be like, well, yeah, but isn't that what you wanted? Yes, but, right? <laughs> so like, I'm so glad that you were able to 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 both sort of recognize it, but also get through it.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's the importance of like having to having other areas of your life that are still valuable to you or that you still put effort into because we were sitting at the dinner table and my wife was like, Phil, I just want to tell you, like, you just, you know, like, I love what you're doing, but you don't seem like you're having fun right now at all. Mm. And, and I didn't feel good about myself physically. Like I was burning the candle at both ends. Like, I felt like I'd gained a ton of weight, which I had. And I was like, and, and at, like, that's not the point as much as like, I wasn't taking care of myself mentally or physically. And so like, then I implemented some of these like practices after the holidays where I like, okay, like from eight to 10, I don't touch anything music related ever, unless it's like a major thing. I go walk, I walk four or five miles, three or four days a week, almost every single awesome. weekday. And I'm mm-hmm. down 50 pounds since awesome I went on a GT. And like, it's not as much about the physical part of it has, has helped me as much as like, okay, I've got a routine. I have two people that help me now and it's worth every penny. And they've saved me hours and hours a week. And it also, I wasn't writing because I was doing everything. And so now, now my writer's block is all of a sudden it's gone because I'm actually out time to create. (laughs) And, you know, I just think it's like, that is real because I feel like sometimes when you see people on social media or you see people out doing shows and stuff like that, where you're like, oh man, like, like how can they ever complain about anything? They've got it going on or whatever it is. But like, you don't always see like the grind and like, yeah. you know, month, month 48 is a lot different than month three or four, mm-hmm. you know, where you're still ch- chipping away. And, and um, man, it's just, uh, I, I feel like I've learned so much, especially the past like 12 months, like it, the, the, the big wins are great, but you also get big challenges and you have to find a way to strike a balance. And not lose yourself because yeah. uh, that's the best thing you have going for you. You know, is that you're you, you know, that's, yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. This is all gold. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you, dude. I that's such, that's so helpful to hear. It's so helpful mm-hmm. to hear you, you getting to that place and then just being like, you know, I, I've got to, I got to make sure I don't lose me. Right. I, I have to, yeah. that has to be something that you're continuing to work on is like that's the thing that got you here right this is is you you got to be aware of that and make sure you're maintaining it and what a wonderful bit of self-awareness and also some some wisdom to impart on on other folks who are who are following a similar path um so we have a limited amount of time and i want to honor your time but i have a feeling that you're gonna we're we're gonna go off for these next few minutes here which is that we tend to to end with the art that has you fired up at the moment, and I feel like mm. this is going to be a unique one to oh, hear, yeah. right? So, like, what is That's the? So it could be the music. Could be like what? What art? What? It could be. Uh, it doesn't have to be music. It could be a TV show or a film you've seen. Like, what's got you fired up right now? Oh man, I love these kind of questions.
1: I'm a big, uh, reader as well. Like, I do mostly audio books because I travel and stuff like that. Um, but let me first. I'll tell you about maybe some music that ha- I'm really enjoying right now. Um, I know this is not like a shock to anyone, but I have really grown to truly love Coulter Wall's music. And I mm-hmm. have had the, you know, the good, good fortune to kind of connect with his team a few times. And, um, I think he is so cool because he's doing what he's doing. Um, and he's being himself and he's not trying to be anybody else. And he just does the music that he likes to do. And, and I think his songs are such a joy um and so like for example stuff like that and i feel and i i don't mean this a cheesiness factor this but like i'm seeing some of these folks that i've known for a while now like you know charles is obviously crushing it and he's doing amazing stuff yeah. that have either shown me a bit of kindness or i've gotten to know him, and i've always enjoyed their music and now i'm like oh my gosh like this is so like uh like nolan like nolan taylor I, i'm so happy for him and i think that's another thing is that like i was going through times where i would see something good happen to even like a friend and I would be like, like not always, but sometimes my first reaction would be like, man, like I'm happy for them, but I don't mm. get it. Like nothing's happening right now. Yeah. I don't get it. Why that song? I mean, I mean, I love that song, but like, what's, what about my song? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's man. That's cancer. And, and it's absolutely, you but just it's gotta, so
0: natural. It's so it natural.
1: Yeah, it is. And I I have told friends that i like, been like, this, I got to tell you, man, I love your song. But when I first heard it, I was like, you know. It's just like, that is the real, that is the realest part of it that I, I can explain. So anyways, that gets me fired up. Also like, um, so I'm happy for many friends that are making wonderful music and uh, also like book wise, whatever I've, I'm going through the red rising series right now. I love fantasy and sci-fi. I just like to escape when I read. Hmm. So uh, red rising is really good. And I just finished the, the three body problem trilogy. It's okay. like very, it's very sci-fi, but it's a uh, very, very good. So um for me audiobooks like get me through these these long travel trips and stuff like that and so i uh,
0: i always get very excited about a good series <laughs> awesome awesome i well, will have to dive into that i just uh started the um well i didn't yeah i'm i'm, I'm halfway through it jeff vandermeer's uh area x series oh cool so cool. uh, have you you know are you familiar with no it? i have
1: I, I have heard of it but i'm not i am yeah. not dove into it yet
0: yeah it might be it's worth your time if if that's the kind of thing you like like it's uh it's really, really well done. But I yeah, I got into his because his work because he was he wrote a scathing piece about the our terrible governor here in Florida. And I was like, Oh, I wanna read I want to read more about what <laughs> you have to say, buddy. <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't do hardly any nonfiction, but I will
1: say I my goal is to read one or two every year. And uh-huh. one of the, the best nonfiction books I've read, period, has been this book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And it's not about not using technology, but it's about all the stuff we've been talking about, this balance in your life. Yeah. And, um, especially as somebody who's like a big part of my business is, you know, what I put online and everything. Yeah. So, uh, if you're, if you're out there and you're looking for a, a, a good nonfiction, digital minimalism
0: is worth cool. Time and it's not long. Awesome. Well, dude, this has been a pleasure. Great. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so yeah. much, man. This has been so great. And I'm really excited for folks to dive into the record. And, uh, there's just so much goodness there and you're just doing so much great work. And I'm just, I'm again, really grateful for your time.
1: I appreciate it. it means the world to me and anytime you want to chat uh you'll let me know and i'll be down on americana fest this year so if you're up in nashville around that time i'll be there
0: sweet i was there two years ago last year i had a family emergency and didn't get to make it this year i'm trying so um <laughs> if i'm there i'll definitely hit you up because i'd love to get to meet you in, in person
1: dude would would love that i'm awesome. uh, yeah let's do it again
0: <laughs> awesome cool Thanks, all right brother man. All all right, right, see man. have a great one see now he's standing in front of center in the spotlight for you and me and
1: all the world to see yeah the rich keep getting richer while the sick keep getting sicker there's a vampire in appalachia
0: there's a philip bowen y'all thank you so much philip thank all of you for listening philip bowen music.com for all things philip bowen if you're not one of the million-plus following up on socials, go do that. The song you're hearing in this episode is Vampire in Appalachia from Bowen's record, Old Kanawa." Marinadepodcast.com for all things The Marinade. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Spoutable, Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon. We're on all the things other than Facebook. Subscribe and give us a five star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support The Marinade. Go do that right now while you're listening, please. It makes a big difference for us and costs so little of your time and effort. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community for just a few bucks a month, y'all. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. Y'all, you can now try a free trial of Patreon to see if you like it. No pressure. Try it for seven days. Set a reminder on your phone in case you want to cancel and keep going if you dig it. We have a monthly show called What We're Getting Down On, which is a conversation between me and my good friend Peter Haroldson. That's an absolute blast to make. If you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, I totally get that. You can Venmo or PayPal us. Just search up The Marinade. All the money goes right back into the making of the show. There is no conversation with uh, River Shook from episode 140 or episode 141 with Willie Carlisle. I got to travel to interview them. There is no coverage from Bonnaroo. All that stuff doesn't really happen in that special way that we've been able to do, if not for our Patreon patrons. So thank you so much for everybody who is able to contribute and does. Um, but if you, if you, above all, we're just thankful that you listen. Uh, just thank you so much for listening and spreading the word about the marinade. And until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.